0: Pastor Tim, come and tell us. We got Cowboy Church tonight. We got Cowboy Church this morning too. <laughs> I guess we call it that. I told you I was going to do it on horse. So we'll see. I may get bucked off in front of you all. Anyway, we're, we're glad you're with us. If you're visiting with us today, this is not a normal Sunday. Um, we were going to, obviously, as Matt said, we were going to be outside and uh, things were going to be a little bit different. And um, I had another horse here, and Amy and I were going to do some things together on two horses, but I decided two horses was probably a little tight in here. So we're just doing one, and um, we'll just see how things go. If you are visiting, the guys working the way back have a little bit of packets of information for you. We'd love to get into your hands. It just tells you about the church, who we are, what we believe, um, what we do week by week. Um, We want you to be informed. You can go to our church website as well, ebcsv.com. Find out more about the church there. Um, We're just glad you're with us. Please just fill out the visitor card, drop it in the offering plate when it goes by if you could. There is Cowboy Church tonight down in Afton at the fairgrounds. If the weather is conducive at 4 o'clock, we'll be in the arena. Uh, We'll have some steers there and um, there'll be some roping and other things going on. I invite you to come down for that, and that'll be at 4. Um, if the weather's not conducive, we won't be doing that outside. And then at 6 o'clock, we'll be inside in the exhibit building for our service, and we have dinner as well. So, I mean, you are getting fed today, aren't you? You got breakfast and dinner. So tonight there's dinner. We do need some help um, there's a sign-up sheet in the foyer. I think most of those things were taken care of, but we need desserts and that kind of stuff. So, uh, bring a dessert if you have one. Nothing else, you can stop by Maverick and buy some Blue Bunny ice cream, and uh, bring on down. I'm on. No 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 no. She thinks we want to do something. I've always been kind of an animal lover. Um, When we, growing up, we grew up on a farm and um, we always had pet pheasants or raccoons. Once we brought home a skunk, my mom was not thrilled with that. But I've always loved animals, and, and um, I, I just think it's so neat that God created animals and put them on the earth that uh, we can know and have relationship with. I don't want um, what we're doing today to distract from the Word. That was my biggest concern in doing this, is, you know, week by week we come together, we study God's Word. I'm going to bring you a message from God's Word, and I don't want the novelty of what I'm doing on the horse to just so steal your attention that we don't focus on the Lord this morning and in His Word. But I hope that some things that I talk about related to the horse can transfer into your heart and life. My goal, I I tried to put down in my notes this week as I... I've actually been working on this most all summer, knowing I'd probably want to do this again. You know, what is my goal? My, my goal this morning for what we're going to do is to use the horse as an illustration of us, you and I as an individual, and myself as the rider thinking of the part of God. And my prayer is that the Lord would give, this is what I've been just praying as I've been thinking about this, and what I wanted to share with you today, that the Lord would grant us individually, and as I pray, this is what I want you to pray for, an insight into ourselves. A guy named Robert Burns, who was an Englishman, he was a poet, but he wrote a little poem in one of the flyleafs of my Bibles, an old preaching Bible I had. I think of this. It, he said this. Oh, would some power the gift give us. He wasn't a Christian, so he just. Oh, would some power the gift give us to see ourselves as others see us. It would from many a blunder free us. And foolish notion. Oh, would some power the gift give us to see ourselves as others see us? And so, as we pray this morning, let's just ask that the Lord would help us to see ourselves not only as others see us, but as the Lord sees us. And I want us to think this morning, my message this morning Is concerning, I'm going to use a phrase, a bomb proof horse, which she is kind of exemplifying she's that. A bomb proof horse, but what I want to relate it to is this a bomb proof believer. A bomb proof believer. Let's look to the Lord in order to prayer. Lord, I pray that you just help me to keep the message simple. I pray that, Lord, you would open your Word. That Lord, you would. You are that great power, and that you would bestow a gift on us to see ourselves as you see us, as others see us. And to really examine ourselves before your word and the spirit, that we may be able to see areas of our life where we're not bomb-proof. Because it's in those areas that you are training us. It's those areas that you're putting your finger on and you're working on. And so I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now you may want to take your Bibles and turn to Proverbs 3. I had... Mike, read that extended passage, because I got my Bible on on the horn here, but it's uh, a little more difficult for me to work out of the text, so I'm just going to speak from it. Proverbs 3 is where we're at, 5 through about 12. Look at the text and how it lays out. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't rely or lean on your own understanding. I probably imagine Cheyenne was relying on her understanding a little bit, coming to the door this morning thinking, what am I doing going into a church? But she trusted me enough, she came through the door. And she's just stood here, settled in, enjoyed the worship, Enjoyed the kids. Done just fine. She really didn't rely on her own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will do what? He will direct your steps. He will lead you. Just like when I'm sitting on a horse. I'm wanting her to trust me. And I want her to let me call the shots and tell her where to go and what to do. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. and all your ways, acknowledge him. He will direct your steps. Next verses are three areas where God puts us to the test on whether or not we trust him. Number one, don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and what? Depart from evil. Will be healing, it says, to your navel. That's the Hebrew. It will be refreshment to your bones. And then he says, number two, do you trust me? Honor the Lord with your wealth. Not with just what's left over at the end of the month, but with what? The first fruits of all your bounty. And then what happens? So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Do I rely on my own understanding or do I really trust in the Lord? Well, one of the ways he tests me is with what? The wealth he entrusts to me. Number three, my son, don't be discouraged and you are disciplined by the Lord. When you go through hard times and you go through reproof and training, what are we tempted to believe? God doesn't love me. God doesn't care about me. God's out to get me. When I'm training this horse, I started with her when she was just a colt and I started pushing her buttons and asking her things to do that she didn't want to do, she probably thought I was the biggest meanie in all the world. My son, when you are tested by the Lord and you're being reproved and you're being disciplined and you're being trained, do you trust him? Because what? Whom the Lord... Hates, he disciplines. What does it say in the text? Whom the Lord loves, he trains. Now, I want us just to think about just a couple of concepts. I want us to think the word trust. Trust in the Lord. And I'm going to build a bridge using that word. Trust. What does it mean to trust? This horse trusts me. And what she is doing is, she is placing her self at my disposal, believing, trusting that I have her best interest at heart. I have her best interest at heart. Now, she may not understand what I'm doing, She may not even understand why she's in church today, but she is relying on the fact, I'm not going to hurt her. I don't hate her. I'm good to her. I feed her in the winter. take care of her. She trusts me. We built that relationship. It happened over a lot of time. She trusts. But here's what I want us to also think about today. Trust is a two-way street. So, trust. Question that we struggle with is, can I trust God? Does God have my best interest at heart? So, when I all of a sudden get diagnosed with cancer, oh my goodness, did God forget me? Does God hate me? Or, when I had a kidney stone and lost my health and still struggle and You know, thought I was going to go home to be with the Lord seven years ago now because of the infection that I still struggle with in my body that just really has affected my life tremendously. I can look across you and see many of you have had health issues, financial issues, all kinds of different things that God in his sovereign care brought into your life. Right. That didn't happen outside of his providential will. He brought it in. My son, whom the Lord loves, he trains. Whatever that issue is, can I trust God? But let's pretend that we were in God's shoes today, and God is asking a question: Can I trust Tim? Let's think about it that way. Because when I stepped on Shy in here, I had to do what? I had to put my trust in her. And I am banking on something because I know her. That she is trustworthy. Doesn't mean she's perfect. I know her and I know what problems she has. And she has problems. But she's trustworthy. So, can I trust God? But can God trust me? And I'm not talking in a salvation sense here, right? I'm just thinking about us as an individual. Can God trust me? Am I faithful? Now, What I want you to see this morning is with this word trustworthy, there's a direct link to another word, and it's the word useful, useful. Because she is trustworthy, she is what? Useful to me. Whatever job I got to do, I know I can go to her and she'll get it done for me. And together we can partner in that pursuit because she's trustworthy. Now, I have other horses that I wouldn't put in that category yet. We've got, I think, in our string of horses, 12, 12 horses. Different horses, different places, different capabilities, get used on the ranch. I got one this winter actually given to me because somebody kept getting bucked off it, got hurt. And person asked if we would take it and try it. And um, when I went to pick that horse up, it took me, I think, three hours to catch it because it was scared to death, scared to death. Something happened to that horse somewhere along the way, somewhere along its journey, scared to death. So I just, okay, it's gonna take me some time one going to get mad, one to get out and fight on the horse. I wanted to have a good experience and build some trust. Took my time, took about three hours till finally that horse submitted and just let me catch him. Got him home. He was freaked out. Took about three, four months. Now we're big buds. My big game with Buddy is I hide carrots different places in my garments and see if he can find them. And we're just big buds. But he still got his issues, you know, that person got bucked off. And so I, you know, I've been riding him a little bit. And when the dust settled and I was still on his back, I was very thankful that the Lord kept me in the seat because it wasn't my good riding. You know, he can buck. Um, And so what we're going to do now, because he can do that and he's exemplified, he can do that. You know what? I don't trust him. I don't trust him. I like him and I have a lot of goodwill towards him and I want to use him but I don't trust him. And so we're going to school right now. And we're working through issues. Now, here's what happens. He gets into a reactive place in his mind. And you know when this happens to you, something triggers. You know those kind of things you start feeling it in your gut when it's coming on, right? Somebody's asking you to do something, or you know something's going to happen, and it's like all of a sudden you start feeling the tension, and you're about to blow. You're going to have the blow-up. You get reactive. How do you get out of that reactive thing? Now, that's what happens with a horse, okay? So all of a sudden, I'm asking this horse to do something. Something's going to trigger him. He's going to blow. Now, I got to work with that horse, and I can't talk to him and just say, you know, reason with me here. To let, you know, no, we got to figure out how to communicate in a way that I can work him through that state of reactive pressure to submit to me so that eventually he is trained and is going to be useful. That's my goal. So I want him to be useful. But right now, I don't trust him. Now, there are different things that can you know, destroy a relationship with a horse that kind of cause it to not be trustworthy, right? By the way, I don't think I'm the best horseman in the world. Some little There's people in this room, a lot better horsemen than I am. I've done a lot of it, and, you know, I'm not sitting here because I think I'm the best horseman. I'm just here to try to teach some lessons. I want to make sure you understand that. But different things can happen. I've seen a lot of different things happen. A lot of you have seen different things happen with a horse. And there can be problems, you know, bucking, biting, hard to catch, loading in a trailer. Horse has a bad experience getting in a horse trailer. I had a friend who was on his way to a team roping, and uh, he got hit head on. He was driving a pickup truck, got hit head on, and dumped him over and his horse trailer. And the horse went through the roof of the trailer. Horse survived it. Took a little while for that horse to want to get in a trailer again, right? That was a bad experience. Or somebody's going to load some, you know, maybe you're going to load a horse in a trailer and it don't want to go, so you get mad, you take a baseball bat to its head, you know. That's probably not a good way to train a horse to get in a horse trailer. So, you know, if you're having trouble that way, come talk to me and I can give you a better pointer than just beating up on your horse thinking it's going to get somewhere. God doesn't do that with us. Don't do it with your animal. All kinds of things. You know, tie up a horse and then, it, you know, somebody comes walking up to the horse and the horse is tied up to a hitching rail and it just goes to pieces, blows up. That's a wreck, isn't it? You didn't see it coming. That horse goes into a wreck. People can get hurt, right? Horse can get hurt. It's not a good situation to have a horse that when you tie it up is going to pull back and blow up. It's not a good thing. I, we, when I was working on a ranch in Cody, I wasn't there when it happened. we had a horse named Slim, and he was terrible to pull back. He got tied up to a hitching rail. We had a new hand, and nobody had told him not to tie the horse up just to wrap it. And old Slim just pulled back, set back. And when he did so, he set back so hard, he pulled the top off the hitching rail. Well, he's tied to that top and he's in the middle of a spook. So he sets back, and the rail comes with him. You can imagine things didn't get, you know, all of a sudden get better. Things got worse in a hurry, because the more he moves, he's got that hitching rail following him. He takes off across the pasture, pulling this hitching rail with his head sideways. As he's running across the pasture, that hitching rail hits a badger hole and digs in, flips end over end and ends up cartwheeling and sends the spike through Slim's head and knocks him dead. Bad day. You know, things can happen. That's why you don't want a horse that creates a wreck. When you first enter a horse's life, you maybe don't know what its problems are, what its triggers are just like when we enter into each other's lives in church and something's going on and somebody says something a certain way or this is going to happen at church and all of a sudden somebody has a train wreck you ever seen that in a church and they blow up I'm not saying like lose their temper. I'm just saying they lose perspective. And everybody's looking at it like, well, why is that person so uptight about that? Well, what's going on? Or it happens in families, right? In marriages. There's trigger things that happen. And all of a sudden, there's this blow up And other people are looking at that around you thinking, what is that all about? And what happens when those things happen is we are not useful. If God's going to use me, not only must I trust him, he must be able to to trust me I must be trustworthy my usefulness to the Lord in every area of my life my marriage, my parenting my job whatever it is my usefulness in life is directly tied to whether I'm trustworthy And if I am not trustworthy in any area, whatever area that is, it will reduce my effectiveness. So, the Lord knows those areas just like I knew who are areas. And what does the Lord do? He goes to work on those areas. Why? Because he hates you? No. No. Why? Because he wants you to be useful. That's why certain issues keep creeping up in your life. Certain relationships keep, you know, kind of reproducing themselves. Is because God is trying to get your attention in some area, and he's trying to get us to work on that point with him. And he's trying to get us to yield to him and to submit to him, That we might be trustworthy. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. You let Him call the shots, just like she lets me call the shots, and He will direct your steps. Do we really trust the Lord? That he has our best interest at heart. And does he really is he really able to trust us? There again, I'm not saying we're perfect. Nobody's perfect. She's not perfect. She's got her issues. But she is bomb proof. And I know what I can do on her. And she's useful. And that's my prayer for us. That you look at your life, you look at the issues in your life, where you're struggling relationally, where you're struggling in even your relationship with God. And you think about those specific areas, because I submit to you, God's got you in his training regimen working on that. That's what it's all about. That's what he's doing. Trust it. I want to be bomb-proof for it. I want him to be able to use me. And I hope that's your prayer as well. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for your word, and I thank you for your truth that you have given to us in your word. That, Lord, you've called us into a relationship with you. That relationship is not based on any good that we have done or can do or can accomplish. It's based on what you have done through your son. And I thank you for the gospel. And I thank you that it is through the gospel that you continue to train us. And I pray that, Lord, you would train us that we might be useful for your glory. And so I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we're going to sing a closing song.